If you think about it, your commute to school has been free for over a year. If you count walking from your bed to your desk a commute, keep it going with free rides to real, actual campus aboard Long Beach Transit. Make the bus part of your routine. Visit RideLBT.com students for more info. In America, it's called Columbus Day, which again, you think about it different, right? Like it's not Columbus Day in Latin America, it's Day of the People. Because when Columbus came, he killed people. He What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. I'm the podcast editor host here, podcast editor here at The Daily 49er. My name is Jeremy Taylor, and we're doing things a little bit different this time. Normally, somebody would run down the news to you, and it would just be one person, but we're going to do it a three man, a three-person team. And first up is Aziza Gomez. Aziza, go on and say hello to everybody and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Aziza Gomez. I'm the podcast host or one of them here at the Daily 49er. And next up is the rookie, our new member to our team, uh, Cindy Aguilera. Cindy, go on and tell everybody about yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Cindy. I am the podcast assistant this semester. And um, I guess a little bit about myself. I have some podcasting experience. Um, I love to talk and interview people and get to know people so I guess this is uh gonna be fun so we're we're past like the quarter stage of school right now how's everybody doing with school yeah getting there getting adjusted it's my senior year so trying to make it count we're all seniors we're all, all right. we're all seniors that's what's up we're all out of here soon oh okay. yeah excited for the future right well yeah. try not to burn this place down and leave something for some of our uh, replacements <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, let's get to the reason why everybody is here. We're going to run down the Beach Weekly update. We're going to talk about the happening news stories on campus in and around the Long Beach area. Uh, who wants to hit us with the first story? Uh, so, the Daily 49er reporter Ignacio Cervantes in sports reports that the Long Beach State's women's soccer tied with UC Riverside this past Thursday and remains undefeated in conference play. Okay, I have a question. I know that we're recording. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what that means. And so I don't know. Undefeated in conference play? Yeah. Okay, so normally what the way it goes is, and we'll just keep this on there. So if ever anybody's listening, we're not doing too much editing around here. Um, basically, <laughs> uh, there's kind of like what they call preseason games. So you'll have a non-conference schedule, which will be, you can play like the UCLA's, the San Diego States and, and schools outside of your conference. Now, your conference will be made of teams. Uh, we're in the Big West, and I'm going to get shot for not being able to rattle off all the teams in the Big West. I know it's like Cal State, Fullerton, and the University of Hawaii and stuff like that. So anyway, in conference play, if we're undefeated, that's a really good thing because we can get an at-large bid for playoffs and so forth like that and win our conference championship. So that's really good that they're doing, uh, they're doing that well. I know Ignacio Cervantes, dude is a savage. I mean, he is at every game posting on social media, making sure that everybody knows what's going on and keeping everybody updated with our soccer scores. So props to him. Yes, and the soccer team is playing against Cal State Fullerton this Sunday for a chance again at um, getting that win. Boo. I think Cal State Fullerton is like our school rivals, our crosstown rivals. So <laughs> boo to them. Boo. <laughs> Big boo. Aziza, what do you got for me? All right. Long Beach State Art Student 
students of every medium open up about how the COVID-19 pandemic affected their art forms. Some film and art students explain their bittersweet experiences, such as being able to expand on their different hats, as well as honing into their skills. On the other hand, musicians on campus reveal how much harder it has been for them to collaborate with other players and how the sudden impact of isolation has affected their practice habits and ensemble rehearsals. Even now, the Bob Cole Conservatory of Music is learning to adapt with the extensive procedures brought forth by the Long Beach Health Department, such as having wind and brass players use bell covers, as well as using special masks that have a magnetic closure designed for use with brass wind and woodwind mouthpieces. All players are also required to get tested for COVID-19 72 hours before each performance. It's been wild. I'm in I'm in two ensembles right now, and you have to use your mask while you're playing. Everyone's been giving me really descriptive images when they're like talking about how they get their masks open because we have like two measures to like open up our masks. Mm-hmm. Your story. The CSULB Speech and Language Clinic won free ad space after winning the Gazette Gives Prize at the Long Beach Gives event on September 23rd. Speech and Clinic Director Brienne Goh is happy to be selected so that more people will discover and know about the Speech and Language Clinic. Currently, the program is operated by 24 grad students, but donations will hire staff, standardized tests, and aspects necessary to keep the program up and running. The Speech and Language Clinic offers free speech and language pathology services to Long Beach residents ranging from children to adults and attempts to give voices to people with communication disorders intending to provide services at no cost cost. Clients can seek services in person or receive or, or receive virtual telehealth visits. You know, back to that story you were talking about as far as the uh, the ensemble and how they're going through their COVID protocols. I never even thought about, you know, people who play music, uh, musical instruments like, you know, the flute or I know my brother plays, uh, the, what is it, the bassoon or the tuba? It looks like a tuba. So, you know, being able to, you know, play and then wear a mask and take your mask off that's got to be super challenging yeah are there special are there special masks that you guys have to wear to play those instruments yeah they gave us special masks masks at the beginning of the semester and then if you lose it you have to pay for a new one and how much does that cost i think they're like 13 dollars so tell me about this mask what's it what's what's it how is it different from like your normal paper mask so um it has a slit right in the center of it and it has so the way it stays closed is it has a magnetic um like little clip mm-hmm. but you could just open it and then you could just put your mouthpiece in your mouth and just close it up when you're not playing and what's that like honestly at first it was like really annoying because since your mouthpiece is just wrapped around fabric it gets it gets humid much quicker so when you're playing and you're playing like a note that's like really hard to keep in tune it sounds like you're frying an egg or it sounds like you're frying something while you're playing and it's so gross but I mean last year we didn't even play with each other like we we went like for ensembles we had to meet on zoom still but all we did was have like discussions or like listen to music and I mean, there's been some good parts of it from my perspective because they started like songwriting classes and music tech classes. And that isn't really normal from our school because we're known as like a classical conservatory. So I think COVID gave a lot of people like new perspectives on what careers are available in the field. 
you know, I never thought about that as well. I mean, when you have an ensemble uh, orchestra, I believe they're called, uh, practicing over Zoom, have, did you guys have to do that? How, what was that like? Yeah, so we, so depending if you're a music ed major or a music performance major, you get an hour lesson a week. So during that time, um, professors and students had to meet on Zoom for an hour, just like playing their like excerpts and um for a lot of us it was difficult because we didn't have like good mics you know mm -hmm. so we had to figure out like we have to get mics because um at some points if you're like in an ensemble or a small group you would have to re like record your part isolated post it and then people would play with you and record to your like playing you know so that just adds a bunch of different skills that you have to have like knowing how to master your your recording like knowing how to edit it knowing how to make a click track so that people know like what tempo you're going and how they're gonna come in you know wow i didn't realize it was that involved and you said you guys had to buy a mic how much did, was, did your mic cost so i'm a little messy i bought my mic like two years ago and then I moved from my parents' house to Long Beach and I left it there. So this is my roommate Taylor's mic. But these go for like maybe like 100 to 200. What kind of mic is that crazy. that you're using right now? It's a what? A Rode NT1A. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I just have this like, you know, old like little Amazon purchase but my my mic just looks like the mics you get at like you know a concert or something or like karaoke it's not yeah, all fancy so like that's what I was gonna ask also like how do you how was the quality of the recordings because I can imagine like each person would have to like soundproof their their room or yeah right is that did that affect the recording of of your audio yeah so actually um it's a good point that you raised like you have a uh, what people would call like a dynamic mic which is like a mic you would use like outside versus like a mic like this which is a condenser mic that and that's like it's it's a more focused mic like it's a more like of a 360 like it'll pick up like surround sound and everything but that dynamic mic like that's why you have to hold it like so close to your mouth because it's just, yeah I've put like this like little puffer thing what is this called like a screen over it so like that filter, it can, yeah. you know, and that's a whole other thing. But I can imagine like if somebody's on a budget, you know, you can't just go out and get like a really nice mic that can pick up the noise around you in such a like clear way, you know, I, I could know. imagine oh, some I people was, are probably on a budget. I was so terrible. I was using like my beats, like my <laughs> Dr. Dre beats, and I was just using the mic on my hey, headphones. That mic so comes well. through. That little earphone <laughs> mic comes through. For real. Well, I'm looking yeah. at everybody else's setup and y'all setups is like really high tech. I'm in my bedroom. I got a mic that I bought at Best Buy and my gym headphones on right now to try to uh, make this thing happen. So you guys definitely got a little bit edge in the tech uh, category. There's no shame in your game, Jeremy. That's that's acceptable. That's acceptable. So, Sin, did you have any more news stories for us? Yeah, so our multimedia team shared a really insightful behind the scenes look video titled Behind the Newsroom, where we may meet Lillian Lee, 
Special Projects Coordinator for the Daily 49er, and she explains the collaborative process of publishing the Daily 49er newspaper and everything that goes into it, how they pick topics and uh, from beginning to end, how that process is. It was very nice. I believe it was filmed by one of our multimedia um, team and uh, it looks great. It, I mean, the quality of like our multimedia team is just like way, way up there. You know what, our multimedia team is pretty tremendous. And it's speaking of Lillian, she will be guest hosting. She'll be sitting in with us next week for our special October episode. And uh, we'll have to talk to her about that video. Definitely we'll uh, touch base with her on that. Yes, shout out to Eric Samora for that video. Um, looks great. The, the quality is really, really good. I like it. I'm impressed always by what our multimedia team does. And do we have any more news stories? Hmm. Is that it? Is that all we have for today? Well, you know, there's a virtual uh, friends meet that I went to this past week um, and I reported on the Daily 49er for that. And that was really fun. It was basically like what you would imagine speed dating to be. So you kind of just get like a short amount of time to talk to people. Um, and then, you know, you get like sent into another breakout room, but there will be another virtual what is it virtual speed friending is what they call it um the queer edition um next week i believe and this is through asi beach pride events and um that will be of course queer themed and it's opening up um you know all of the october events that we're having on campus but um the virtual friends meet i think it's a good thing to throw out there because it's like you can meet people virtually make friends or you can go just socialize for two hours, which is kind of what I did. I didn't really like meet, you know, exchange information with anyone, but it was really fun to socialize for two hours. So virtual friends meet. Speed dating on the internet. What well, it was like, it was speed friending. So it's like, it's, it's like <laughs> speed dating concept. If you know the sparks flying, you happen to get a date, that's a bonus. But I think it was just, <laughs> just friends, like friends level. <laughs> So did you make any connections as far as? Um, I mean, yeah, I exchanged a few Instagram handles and uh, mostly laughs. I think I just went for the laughs. I wanted to see. I didn't okay, know what to so we, we need you to spill the tea. Have there <laughs> been any exchange of any DM messages? No, no DMs. Yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe they're like circling the idea, but not from me. I'm not sending any out. So note to anybody who was uh, at the Friends Speed Dating uh, event that we had on campus, if you want to talk to Cindy, you need to slide into her DMs first. <laughs> yes, my IG handle will only be um, provided per special request. That's tremendous. That, that information is classified. <laughs> well, ladies, is that all the news that we have for this week? Uh, from my end, I think so. Yes, sir. All caught up with arts and life. That's all the news for this week. I hope you enjoyed our new format. Head on over to daily49er.com where you can read more campus and Long Beach related news as well as multimedia content like this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Daily49er. Next up, Daily49er staff member Tin Hune sat down with Joel Gutierrez from the Office of Multicultural Affairs as they discuss Latinx Heritage Month. Southland is bringing its credit union experience to the Long Beach State Campus. 
As a student of Long Beach State, you are eligible to join with access to our new university student union branch, student loan services, free checking, and free financial educational resources. Visit BeachCU for more information. I'm Tin with the Daily 49ers photo editing team. I had the pleasure of speaking with Ju Gutierrez, the campus multicultural affairs director who coordinates cultural events for students throughout the year, promoting history and encouraging students to engage in intercultural learning. In this segment, Jewel will discuss his experience organizing the Latinx Heritage Month and what it means to celebrate this important month. Again, you know, the Latinx Heritage Month, it was, it, it's great. It's a celebratory. OMA will do all the months. So go on our website. You can see them. Um, again, it's Latinx Heritage Month, October, Native American Heritage Month, Black History Month. I think for me, I'm hopeful that what it provided for students, either Latinx or non-Latinx students, is that it's an opportunity to see how complex the Latinx community is, right? It's not a monolith. Uh, there's not one type of Latino. There's not one type of Latina. There's not one Latinx community. It's all encompassing from music to culture, to identity, to experiences, to geographic location, to citizenship, to orientation, um, to gender identity, anything and everything. So I'm hopeful that students, staff and faculty got a glimpse of all of that. Hmm. Can you tell me more more about that? Do you feel like um, maybe from your experience, it was under, uh, misunderstood sometime and then um, maybe in your experience and then also what you think is like the most uh, misunderstood about this month and in general, the Latinx community? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, you know, we live in California. So one of the, one of the things is, you know, and, it's, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's a, a, a vicious misunderstanding, but I think, you know, like understanding that we live in uh, California, Southern California, uh, you know, the Southwest, they're, they're predominantly a lot of Mexicanos, like people coming from Mexico. Uh, but I think in the last, I would say 15 to 20 years, and um, I'm not a, a, a migration expert, but there's been a lot of different cultures coming from Central America, South America. So I do think, you know, and this is something that students have said, right? Where um, I, I think when we talk about Latinx Heritage Month, one of the things I want to do moving forward is how do we make it more of a heritage that celebrates all the Latino cultures, all the Latino countries, all the different things. One of the things we did in the cultural welcome, um, but also in the program and the kickoff is honor that the reason why it's, it's traditionally it's September 15th through October 15th. Um, but in the beach, we celebrate it just the month of September. So then every culture can have its month. But the reason why it starts September 15th and October 15th is because um, a lot of the, um, more than 25 different uh, Latin countries have their independence day around September 15th. And then also um, it's called Dia de la Raza. Uh, no, the races, uh, Day of the Races, Day of the People, Day of the People, which is in America, it's called Columbus Day, which again, you think about it different, right? Like it's not Columbus Day in Latin America, it's Day of the People. Because when Columbus came, he killed people. He did a lot of uh, uh, alienation. So it's, we're not honoring Columbus or honoring the resistance, the rebellion, the, the spirit of people that also happened in October. Um, so in a lot of Latin American countries, they celebrate Day of the Races, Day of the People. Um, I think it's October 13th. Don't quote me. I, I can look it up. <laughs> but I think that's 
so it's not a malicious understanding, but I think that's an understanding that keeps on growing, right? Latino just doesn't mean Mexican. It means every and everything. It also means Afro, right? There's a huge population of, you know, Afro Latinos in different countries, right? So how can we do that? That's one of the things that I think moving forward is how do we honor um, our, our Black population within the Latino diaspora? So yeah, I, I definitely like kickoffs and celebrations, right? Because I think I think communities, whether you're Latinx, whether you're another community, you have certain ideas, certain biases about what, what community is and what this what this population is, right? So I think some people were expecting mariachis, which is very much, you know, a Mexican, uh, some South American, not South, some Central American groups, but, you know, bringing in like a salsa band or bringing in, you know, something like, you know, a different band, it, it brings up the, the, the variety of, of the culture. Um, I, I enjoyed that we had an activity. Uh, so we had an activity where students could create their own mask. So, you know, it's COVID, so everybody's still wearing their mask. Um, so ASI helped out with their student leaders in providing the mask. And then like uh, different students could come in and, and create whatever they wanted. So they can be creative in any way. So some of the masks people had like little, I love the beach. Some of them were very much Latino theme. Like there was colors, there was, you know, papel picado, which is a huge, uh, paper mache that you see around a lot of Latino areas. We also had resources for students. So I think it's important that since we're on campus that you always have resources that are available. Uh, students first years through seniors um, may forget some of the resources that were there. And we also had cultural organizations. Um, so I also think in these kickoffs events, you want to have the combination of the services that help the students, but also the cultural organizations that help the students be social. Right, so it was a great experience. I this is my that was my first one on the bluff. I would have loved to see more people, but I think as we, you know, go into COVID, you know, people are going to re-engage, and, and we don't have the full capacity of, of our students yet. So it's just something to think. But I thought it was a huge success. We also had food, some free food. <laughs> you know, food is is a huge part of culture, right? No matter what culture you're in, you want to get like some authentic food that's that feels the soul so uh, it was good i think it's a it's a global question too because our office we do all the cultural heritage uh, with uh, organizations so we'll, we did latinx heritage month in september um, we're gonna launch and you'll see october which is for our lgbt population is in october um, november will be our native american heritage month in february we'll do our black history month which is nationally recognized as black history month and then in March, we'll do a Women's Her Story, uh, Women's History Month. And then in April, we know it's typically in May, but for our calendar, it's April's Asian American Pacific Islander. So I think it's important for us to do these months, not just Latinx Heritage Month, but these months for a couple of reasons. One of them, it celebrates the culture. Two, it brings a sense of belonging for the students, staff, and faculty here about you know, being at the beach and how can I celebrate my culture? How can I belong to a culture? Um, you know, we know traditional institutions of higher education were built for you know white going land owning men so you know even in a cal state which very public and it's very you know we want to get to the sense of what our community is there's still some barriers that a lot of these marginalized populations and students experience so it celebrates them it creates a sense of belonging two it provides education right so for the the student who may not be Latino or Latinx, or the student who may be Latinx but doesn't really, you know, understand or or have a, a sense of their culture, they can come and learn. Um, so I think that's the reason why we do these events. Um, the the other thing too, I think especially now in COVID, we need to have some fun. We need to have some good time. There's some events in here that are very 
to the soul, right? Like they're, they're talking about topics. Like, what does it mean to be Latino? What does it mean to, to be a woman? What does it mean to be trans, right? And these are heavy topics. We should have those as well as topics of let's get together in community. Because I think when you're in community, that's when you build relationships. That's when you build strength. And we see that in all the activism that we do. Um, so I think that's why we do it, to, to really celebrate the culture, to create a sense of belonging, to educate others, and to be in our own community. Um, so, and it's open, right? So all the events that we have, they'll, they'll be open, all the kickoffs for every uh, affinity group that we have, for all the marginalized populations we serve. You know, the, there's one for October, one for November, one for February. So there'll be different, different styles. All of them have a different style, different feel, but they'll all be there. What uh, does the Latinx Heritage Month mean to you? That's a good one. So for me, um, I do identify as Latino um, in, the, in the Latinx community. I think for me, it's an opportunity for me individually to reflect. Um, so, uh, you know, my journey is, is unique. It's, it's interesting. Um, growing up in San Diego, I grew up right by the Tijuana border. So, you know, I never questioned or thought about was I Latino, was I Mexican? It's, it's just a part of it. Um, so then going to college, that's when I got discriminated against, right? Like faculty, you know, uh, would pick me out in classes and be like, oh, well, tell us what it means to be Mexican. Well, I don't know what it means to be every Mexican, just me. Um, I also had a faculty who I turned in a paper and uh, accused me of plagiarism. So, um, so those were different things that happened um, at, at an at a interesting time. So for me, the, the Latinx kickoffs and the cultural celebration, for me, really, it's, um, it's a time of reflection uh, of where I've been as a student, where I've been as a person, uh, how I think my culture has adapted, has changed, has elevated, um, and also what I need to learn more about it. Um, so I know my experience in my culture is, is for me, but there's always ways in which I can grow, right? So one of the things that, uh, one of the events that I thought was really great was the uh, the rising speaker. So they brought in a, a queer trans uh, individual and, and just their understanding of how to tell stories really impacted me about, wow, like, so what are the stories that I tell, right? Because we tell stories every day to to our friends, to our family, oh, check this out, or this is what I did, or like, I took this class and I felt this way. And in those stories are your own nuggets of values, ideas, philosophy. So it, it really forced me to think, what are the stories I'm telling people about my culture, about my family, about me? And then how can I present those stories in a different way, right? So if I'm telling my stories, I'm like, yo, man, like I got this friend and it's always like negative, negative, negative. Then the story is that friends get a jerk. <laughs> but, you know, like, so it just made me think. So that's what it means to me. It's really a time of reflection, time I think about my culture, time to celebrate, and then a time to learn and, and, and think about new things. I guess that is kind of like the question that I really want to ask and, you know, learn more from you. So that, that was a really good answer and, you know, <laughs> encompassing everything. And, um, is there anything you want to promote for next month or anything that students should look out for? Yeah, so OMA, again, like, you know, we partner with all these organizations, uh, all these departments. So look out for October. Uh, we'll have our, there's a, an event for uh, career insights for LGBT students on October 1st, this Friday. Um, but that we, we will do another October celebration uh, with ASI Beach Pride events and OMA on Wednesday, October 13th. So that will be again at the Southwest Terrace. We're working with student organizations, uh, working with the student committee to, to, to decide on uh, some sort of entertainment, some sort of food. So I'll send you this flyer. And I think 
you know, keep on, follow us on Instagram, uh, CSULVOMA. Um, a, a lot of our events are there and, and you know, we're, we really just want to bring the culture out and we want to have fun. We yeah. want to have fun, have students out and, and engage with us. So, you know, COVID is still here. We will take our precautions. We will be safe. Um, but we want to make sure that students do get this cultural wellness and cultural consciousness development. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jewel. Really appreciate that you come up here. Yeah. 8 a.m. exam crams are what we do at the beach. So is riding the bus for free. Long Beach Transit is now offering free rides to campus, work, and home to start the semester. Save on parking and make the bus part of your routine. Visit RideLBT.com slash students for schedules and route information.